I've been waiting for this. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sights and sounds from the Chiefs' visit to the White House on Monday. In commemoration of their victory in Super Bowl 57, they go to see Commander-in-Chief number 46. They give him the ceremonial 46 jersey, presumably with his name on it. Nobody fell down, which is always a good thing. Juju Smith-Schuster there. I'm and always a Brown, little it looked like right. Oh, it's always a little like you don't work here no more. Uh, yeah. I don't shine shoes no more. <laughs> like I, it's it's just it's just weird. It's just weird, and it's good that they can put that aside. Yeah, and and celebrate what they achieve. But in the age of free agency, you're going to have that every year. By the time the White House visit happens. There will be guys who are on the team who are no longer on the team anymore, who have gone to a different team. And in the case of Orlando Brown, defected to one of your top competitors in an effort to go back and win another one. Yeah, seriously. And Juju going to the Patriots, who were the top competitors at the start of the Chiefs dynasty. But yeah, I think it's just, you're right. It's the new world we live in. You know, players changing teams as as quickly as they do now. Yeah, that's what you're going to have to deal with. Uh, but, yeah, it was cool. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, you've heard me say this before, Mike, but the Chiefs just have a way about them that I kind of find refreshing. It's a little bit new age, but I, I don't know. Is that the first time we've seen somebody do a TikTok dance in the middle of the White House hallway? They're, they're the first ones to pull that off. That was kind of cool, you know, for Juju to orchestrate that. So that was new. And then how could you not laugh at, you know, uh, freaking Mahomes and Kelsey. They're like a stand-up comedy duo, those two. I mean, first off, Kelsey telling him, hey, you guys stay right there as they're getting ready so he can walk over to the podium. He tells them, hey, stay right there. And then I don't know if it was planned or what, but they just have such a great rapport to get rapport, rapport together. That is uh, it's, it's very funny. Rapport. There it was. Thank you. <laughs> Their rapport is exorbitant, by the way. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Don't you find and, them like refreshing compared to? I, I think it's a, yeah, yeah. But it's not new age. It's simple. It's old school in a way. It's just be who you are. Yeah, we were maybe, talking yesterday right? about that as right. it relates to the authenticity of coaches, and it comes through with Mike McDaniel at the top of the show. The idea that just being who you are. I think it was the top of the show. Hell, I don't remember. It wasn't top of the show, but now I kind of remember. Anyway. Just be who you are, and they are who they are. They don't put on airs. They don't act any different. The Patrick Mahomes, biggest compliment I can ever give him is he has never changed. After all of the highs he's had, the success, the right. fame, the money, right. he's still the same kid that he was he is. when he came into the NFL back in 2017 with no real expectations because nobody knew what he was going to be. He's been everything. He's been transcendent. He's been one of the greatest players already in league history, and he's still the same guy. Happy-go-lucky, having fun, living life, enjoying himself. There's some very profound yet simple messages that come through from that. Yeah, you're right. There is. They enjoy the game. You know, like we, we talked about when I was out there for the playoff game and we were out there for the Jaguar game and I got to see practice, right? 
you know, I've been able to see that a few times now in this era of Andy Reid. Yeah, the energy they have is is special. They got guys that love football. It it it, it kind of permeates through the camera. It really does. And then I don't know. I mean, like with the Kelsey Mahomes thing, you think that was like staged, or do you think Kelsey is like that crazy to where he was like, I'm going to get up here and say something in front of the mic, and then Mahomes knows that and knows he might have. Who knows with Kelsey? Maybe had a drink already by that time, and he knows he's got to get him away. Or do you think it was staged? How, what do you think? It it. It felt like it was spontaneous, but also stayed. Yeah, like elements. Right. Like they I knew hear they you. were going to do it. Like they, like I know what this guy's up to, and and you know th- that's Kelsey being Kelsey, and I'm going to go grab him like I would. Right. Like we don't need this. I want to know what he was going to say. Uh, Our good too. friend <laughs> PFT commenter suggested that he was going to issue a presidential pardon of Chief Saholic, the super <laughs> yeah, fan who right. skipped bail. <laughs> I mean, it's it's serious. He allegedly robbed a bank and skipped bail, took off his GPS monitoring device in late March and is gone and landed on the greater Kansas City Crime Stoppers most wanted list Damn. last week. He's just gone. He's he didn't kill anybody. Where- he just robbed a, robbed a bank or anything. Is it? I don't think anybody died. Okay, in the all right, bank, but it's still pretty serious. An armed bank robbery is pretty serious because if you watch any movies, they can go a lot of different. It ways. It is serious, but it's kind of cool that he's getting yeah. away right now. You know, you watch those movies; those are fun when the guy gets away. So I, I don't know. That's where I wanted to ask you before I offended somebody. You that like he hurt Jimmy somebody. Conway? You root for the bad guys? Sometimes, in the hey, sometimes the bad guy makes the movie really damn good. Yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes he's got to go away at the end of the movie and, and hit reality, but. Damn, I didn't realize that was the case, that this guy was on the run like that. It's kind of impressive right now. I mean, with all this technology, well, maybe, they maybe can't Kelsey, find him. Maybe Kelsey, <laughs> maybe Kelsey was, trying to, was trying to grant a pardon. And, and, and we, we always expect that, that they are going to catch people who go on the lam. Right. But, you know, every once in a while, we do get a glimpse of how inept certain organizations can be. And maybe it's just a question of who's more stupid. The guy who's trying to to avoid the authorities or the authorities. And I don't want to offend any authorities by saying that, but we have seen some examples of some pretty stupid, half-hearted efforts to try to find people. And they, I think they just wait out the crook to do something stupid right. and get himself caught. And in this day and age, with digital trails everywhere, I mean, how, one of the things you've got to be committed to, I would assume, if you're going to avoid capture— is you've got no device on you. You've got no cell phone on you. We're going to get to what your cell phone can do. Your cell phone is big brother. You are big brother. George Orwell was in the the right dystopian church, but the wrong dystopian pew with 1984. Big brother is not the government. You're big brother. You're all big brother. And it's thanks, thanks to this thing you're carrying around that's going to collect all the evidence that's going to be used against you. And it doesn't even give you your Miranda warnings. Wow. As long as you don't do anything wrong. But it takes away, but it takes it, it just it sucks away your privacy. Just be advised. It's hearing everything you say. It's hearing everything we say uh, now. Joe and I were having a conversation last night about possibly taking a trip later this month with the specific dates mentioned. As soon as she started searching for flights, the dates we were talking about came up first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a lot that's of that. That's not a coincidence. I know. I, that's what everybody says. I, I don't know. I don't think I, uh, as you know, I don't pay attention to my phone like that as much. And I don't shop on there and do stuff like that very much. So I, I don't notice it as much. But my wife says it all the time. I have everybody that says it all the time. 
right? So I, I you're missing you. out on quite a selection of I, marijuana products that your phone. Well, that my phone you. does go there. That's a, it does. The, I, I yeah. said I don't buy very much. That's one of the things I do buy on my phone. <laughs> so don't worry about that. Wait a second, though. Speaking of phones, I just saw you pick up your phone real quick there. What well, we got a picture of there? Is that is that is that Grandpa oh, Florio it's, it's, on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's thought so. Picture, it's a picture of Pap when uh, he was uh, waiting to testify at the grand jury in 1958. <laughs> Great, I love it. He's uh, the original Doctor Doom was going in there, right there. I like it. <laughs> what about this? Have you? Well, been- when when you're waiting to testify before a grand jury, I don't think that's occasion to you know do a TikTok dance in the hallway. At the <laughs> I hear you. No, I I know it's it's definitely not. All right, you've been to the White House before, though. Back to that. Have you ever been there? Long time ago, you, like 1974, five, six time frame, long time ago. Like we're in there, though. Like you actually went in and went on a yeah. tour. Uh, okay, that's cool. A little tour, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah. cool. I've never done that. That's definitely on the bucket list of something I'd like to do one day. I love history. You know that. I've been to all the monuments and done all that multiple times, just never done like walk in the White House type of thing. So that's something I want to do one day. I'm not going to do a TikTok dance. I just Lincoln Memorial, there. Lincoln Memorial, very impressive, right. very awe inspiring. Right. Washington Monument, you know, okay, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, we, we, I've been, I've been there a few times and done all. Jefferson that. Memorial is pretty cool. That's what, that's another one. Pretty setting there. I like that one as well. But yeah, there's a lot of good history there that you can enjoy in the D.C. area. Yeah, I can imagine you at the White House grilling people about Kennedy and I'm 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 up to page 100, which is quite a feat in it, this book. It is, right? I mean, cuz those pages those are about a thousand words on a page, I would say. I mean, it is a lot of reading, it is a lot of patience. There's a lot of stuff there to digest. Right? And we were texting about it not that long ago or talking about it before the show, just the idea that you you have to go back and reread some of the paragraphs because it's easy to get lost in the paragraph <laughs> right and right. there's names that there's names that you have to like well who's that yeah, one wait, again? which guy is that yeah so exactly it's right. a slow it's a slow process to understand it all but i'm in i'm at the part now where the the and i didn't think of and wasn't aware of the impact of his position on vietnam right toward the cia's desire exactly. to kill him but it right. was this double whammy of trying to find peace with cuba and trying to avoid Vietnam. He had ordered a thousand troops out by the end of 1963 and all out by the end of 1965. And that order was disregarded. It was never implemented because he was dead and he was gone. And right. apparently, like post Kennedy's assassination, Lyndon B. Johnson was afraid to do anything about Cuba or the Soviet Union and blame them. So Vietnam became the proxy battleground, apparently, where communism. The great evil at the time. Right. And it was all about communism, communism. We'd rather die than lose to communism. That became the place where communism was battled because right. they were they were too concerned that fighting in Cuba was going to touch off nuclear holocaust that we discussed yesterday. Yeah, right, right. There's a, it's a lot of good stuff. There is. There's a, a it's a lot of wormholes and uh, good for you. Keep cracking through it, man, because it ain't easy. I know. It, it took me a long time, and I did a, a lot of double and triple reading of pages. You're right. It's a lot of information to digest and all that. So, damn, we're we're on a roll today, man. Pot, I mean, JFK, White House, Chiefs football. I mean, we've hit it all today. I'm impressed. The phone. I mean, we're, we're that was a good little 11-minute session right there of bullcrap talk. And the phone is important to – and this is one of those days. Let me just add this. As I was preparing to come up here, it was one of those – I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about to start the show, but once once it starts, we're going to find something. Now, we were aided and abetted by the 
the Chiefs video. That got it rolling. But, you know, I, I have no preconceived idea. And on the days when I do, what happens is I never get to that. Or I rarely do. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have to right. take this hard right turn to get to it. It just kind of just kind of happens and we uh we waste some of your time but some of you enjoy it some of you enjoy it more than when we talk about football because at least when we talk about other stuff it's not like we can be horribly wrong like some of you think we are when it's time to talk about football all right (laughs) speaking of things that are horribly wrong this nfl gambling policy is going to create more and more problems and chris i don't know we're going to get to the bombshell from yesterday I don't know whether it is failure by the NFL to craft an understandable gambling policy, failure by the teams to educate the players on what is forbidden and what the consequences are. You know, when they beefed up the personal conduct policy and added a baseline minimum suspension of six games, that got the attention of players who would otherwise be inclined to find trouble or have trouble finding them away from the field. It worked. I don't know why this gambling policy doesn't work because the consequences are as dire as you could possibly imagine. So either the players aren't being told the right way what they can and can't do and what the consequences are, or they just don't care. They think that they can rig the system. They think they're above it. And this latest example has me concerned that you have one someone who was just smart enough to be dumb or just dumb enough to be smart, who thought he could find a way around it by not using his own phone with an account in his own name, which brought down Calvin Ridley, Miles Austin, and others, apparently. But even then, even then, if you're using an account in someone else's name, you're carrying Big Brother around with right, you. Right, that's right. And they're eventually going to figure out when the pings are coming from inside the team's practice facility, it may not be the guy whose name the account was set up in. It may be somebody else, and they're going to find you. And they're going to kick you out of the league for at least a year. And Isaiah Rogers, Colts cornerback and kick returner, punt returner, based upon the report that landed yesterday from SportsHandle.com, and this thing came out of the blue, Yeah, I think he is going to end up being done. Uh, if this yeah. is true, Yeah, pervasive betting, including wagers on the Colts or games involving the Colts. We don't know whether he bet. On the Colts or against against the Colts. Give him the benefit of the doubt and say that at least he was betting for his team to win. But pervasive hundreds, at least 100 or approximately 100 bets made in the facility. Football and apparently other sports. And remember, if you're a player, you can bet on other sports. You just can't bet inside the facility or while you're on business, traveling with the team, whatever. It's kind of a weird distinction. Because we're talking about integrity of the game. Well, how does the integrity of the game get affected if you're standing out on the street corner outside of the parking lot to the team facility and you make a bet, you're fine. But the minute you walk in to team property, walk through the door, get on the bus, then it's an integrity of the game violation. Standing outside of the bus on the way to the airport, you're fine. Get on the bus, you're screwed. I don't like that. Yeah, they got to end that. They need Right. Right, but they, they, they need to know, the yeah. players need to know the rules. Right. If you're in the building, you can't be using your phone or any device to make bets. So Isaiah Rogers, Colts Corner, is now in the crosshairs of the league's investigative process for pervasive, that was the key word, pervasive violations of the gambling policy. I, I, I you know, one, 
I have a hard time thinking that a player right now in the NFL, and especially Isaiah Rogers Sr., who's been around the NFL here for a few years, wouldn't be aware of you know what the gambling rules and policy is for the NFL. And then especially on the heels of Calvin Ridley Jr. and all that stuff as well, where that's been well publicized and we've had a few other incidents in sports. Now I'm with you. Like, hey, let's just make it you can't bet on football. Who cares if he's in the locker room betting on an NBA game or standing in the parking lot and betting on an NBA game? That, that, that's a stupid part of the rule that yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I, I don't get. But with this one here, I mean – it's hard to believe, you know, first off, Isaiah Rogers, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to claim he wasn't aware of what was going on or this was just a mistake. I mean, it doesn't look like that as we sit here right now. You know, as you already mentioned, when you change names and try to skirt the system, exactly, th th that means you knew, you knew. And then, you know, as we're sitting here too, and you, you know, all, all we've learned over the last 24 hours about the amount of bets and, and how much he was doing this. Uh, yeah, this looks like a guy that was, you know, really having fun with it, knew what he was doing and thought he was skirting the system. And I'm with you. You know, I, I kind of when it first came out, I went, oh, OK, normal suspension. Oh, he's in trouble, blah, blah, blah. But then as the night went on and we saw more and more, I went, oh, man, whoa. OK, well, the, the, this guy might be a year, two years, maybe never again if it gets as serious as I think it might be here. And there's as many bets as we're, we're hearing about right now. I think if he was betting on Colts games, he never played. It's over. Man. Exactly right. I agree. If it's it's Colts game, he's done. There's win no or way. lose. Win or lose. Yeah. Win or lose. Yeah. And and Chris, and, and this is why I'm going to take a step back here. The NFL implemented the gambling policy through the powers that the commissioner has to protect the integrity of the game. They were unilaterally developed and implemented without bargaining with the NFL Players Association. Yeah. And the union has gone along with it. The union has deferred to the powers of the commissioner to protect the integrity of the game. That's fine. But when you are splitting hairs like it's okay to bet on all other sports if you're standing out on the street corner outside the team facility, but once you go through the doors, it's an integrity of the game violation and you must be suspended at least six games, that doesn't make sense to yeah, me. That's and that stupid. seems like the kind a fine point that needs to be bargained, that right. needs to be negotiated. And even if, and this is why, and I'm going to, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Management always wants to make the rules and they want to tell the union to sit down and shut up. We're going to do it our way. And if they find an area where the union will sit down and shut up, they're going to do whatever the hell they want. And sometimes you should want as management, if you have a unionized labor force that you respect, if you respect leadership of the union, it's a partnership. Everything about the game is a partnership. We grow this together. We are arm in arm, hand in hand. We are two parts of the same, two sides of a coin, yin and the yang, whatever you want to say. It needs to be a partnership. You need to bring the union to the table when you develop this policy. Why do you want to shut them out? Why do you want to not give them a say? Why do you not want to empower the players generally? Maybe they'll understand it better if they were part of the development of the policy. Maybe they won't just sit there and say, hey, this is your policy. This is your mess. You clean it up. Because I'd like to think that somebody, if there would have been true bargaining on this, would have said, does it really make sense? Does it really make sense to let these guys bet on any sport they want as long as they don't do it on team property? What's the difference? Maybe they shouldn't be allowed to bet on anything. 
Why have sports wagering on anything? Because one of the concerns is you're going to get a little too cozy with the, you know, the gold chains and chest hair crowd. And you're going to end up being compromised. Yeah, and you're going right. to owe somebody named right. Vito a lot of money. Yeah. And the next thing you know, in lieu of paying it back, he wants a little inside information. And then he wants a little more inside information. And then he wants you to, you know, maybe fall down while you're covering that receiver, whatever the case may be. So if you're concerned about integrity of the game, I think the firewall should be while you're playing professional football or any professional sport, right. you suspend any betting on any sport of any kind until you're done. And see, it was easier to sell that when gambling on sports was illegal. It's harder to sell it now when everybody's walking around with Big Brother making their bets all the time. But but again, it makes more sense from a an education standpoint if the players are just told Thou shalt not wager on sports anywhere, any place, ever, period. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. I don't now, disagree with you there. Now, I think now, it is easy. Now, again, if, if, if this guy's betting on football, it doesn't matter where he is. That's where he's crossed the line. But you never know what leads someone into it. You know, you, you've got this app, and you're, oh, I can bet on baseball at home. I can bet on, you know, bet on basketball. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they find out, they won't find out. I'm using the, na- the name of somebody else in the account. They won't find out. I, why let them get their hand close to the flame? I, I, Just I hear that. Pull everybody's hand away from the flame and say, none of it, none of it. And, may, and if you get the union involved, maybe you can get the union to buy into that. Hey, go sell it to your rank and file. No gambling on sports while you're playing in the NFL. If that's too much to ask, there's plenty of other guys who will play in the NFL and agree to not gamble on sports. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I am. You know, you, you know, your NFL sports career, if you're not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's, it's a short, you know, short-lived career. We know that in the big picture of life. I think it is best probably for the integrity of all sports. Like, you know, I don't care what sport you're in. Yeah, you can't bet on sports while you're a professional athlete. You know, even like you're saying, it's just, it can, it can lead to too many compromising situations throughout. I think there's a lot of unintended consequences there. So, yeah, NFL, NFLPA, it would be nice for them to come up with a common-sense solution of, like, what you said. Oh, wait, I'm over here 100 feet outside the facility. I can bet. Oh, wait, I'm inside, and now it's illegal because it's a basketball game. Yeah, how about just put the kibosh on all of that and just no betting at all? I hear you there. Now, you know, with this particular case, right, and as you're saying, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, this one is like, what? Like, come on. There's no way. There's no way that in training camp this year with Isaiah Rogers being at the point of his career where he is, where you go, hey, it's year four. He's been in four training camps. Uh, They were playing gambling policy things in training camp when I was playing. So, you know, there's no excuse for this. And he obviously knew what he was doing. And this is dangerous territory. And I think that's why, to your point, I agree with you. I think you just got to make make it where, no, professional athletes can't bet on any sports, period. You know, because now, uh, of course, the conspiracies are in here. And I know this is has to do with football, but people like our producer Pete Demolitis and everybody else, you know, or and everybody else in the sports media world was looking for plays for Isaiah Rogers. And did he blow a game, you know, and because of because of betting or gambling? This is one of the first ones I saw right here. Oh, Until did, we know that he bet right. against the Colts, though, this is point. It doesn't matter. Discussion. Exactly right. You're I, right. Right. But we're all going to wonder with this now, and I, I, he has no excuse in this one, and I just can't believe he did it. Right. And it's a shame for the Colts, and it's a shame for him. 
Well, and, and if there's evidence that he bet against the Colts on that game, then that play is an indictment on him. If he bet on the Colts in that game, then it's just a bad play. Yeah. If he didn't bet on that game at all, then it's completely irrelevant. Right. But to the extent that they've got the digital footprint, courtesy of his cell phone device, they'll know what games he bet on, what games he didn't bet on. And I hope that we will have full and complete transparency between the NFL and the Indiana Gaming Commission, which was also investigating this and is investigating this. They'll triangulate and they'll find out and they'll know exactly what he bet on and when. And we need to have all that information. I think it needs to be publicized as a cautionary tale. Because I think the more it gets talked about, the greater the chance that other guys are going to understand it. Because, Chris, I want to uh, let's compare this to other policies. Yeah. Like, players know not to use PEDs. And I think usually at this point, the guys who get caught are the ones who have the masking agent that isn't as effective as they thought it was. Right. But they know damn well what they're doing with substance abuse. Right. I mean, now that's been decriminalized for the street drugs that don't affect performance. It's not as big of a deal, but that just kind of felt like guys knew what the rule was, but they couldn't help themselves. Right. That's right. Personal conduct policy. Everybody knows that you get away from the field and you get yourself in trouble. You're going to face potential suspension. There were some high profile examples of Ray Rice and others that really did get the players to learn that they're going to be true consequences to their football careers if they misbehave away from the facility or in the facility, depending upon what it is you do, if you have some sort of workplace violence issue. I feel like something is missing with this gambling policy. I feel like there has yet to be the eureka moment for enough players to understand I can't do this. And if this guy was doing it in 2021 and 2022, then – I, you know, he at some point, again, you 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 made the, the right point. He if he's using somebody else's name on the account, an account set up by someone else, he at least thinks he's beating the system. Right. He has a workaround that he doesn't understand isn't going to work because the phone is what's betraying him, not the account. So I, I just I hope that this is the one I really do. Because Calvin Ridley didn't resonate with multiple Lions players Apparently. who were wagering in violation of the policy it's after Calvin Ridley. Right. Calvin, Calvin Ridley didn't help Miles Austin. Now, Miles Austin apparently was under the impression that the same rules applied as when he was a player, that you can bet on other sports. You just can't bet on football. Well, he was wrong, and he's out. And he's out as the Jets receivers coach, and he's out of the NFL for at least a year. So I just think that the goal is, and I heard of at least one team that has done this, where – they took the league's policy, which is not written as well as it could be. It's written for lawyers, not for regular people. You take that and you turn it into something that the average person can understand. Right. And you make the rules clear. There's a firewall between players and non-players. What players are allowed to do, what non-players are allowed to do. And non-players are allowed to do nothing. For non-players, you can't wager on any sport. I just, again, why not just make that the rule for the players? The NFL has this unilateral power. Why not use it and say we're going to have no wagering by players in the National Football League on any sports? And I'm not trying to restrict the freedoms of football players here. I'm just trying to create a scenario where everybody understands the rules and there isn't any confusion or any doubt as to what you can or can't do. Let's not take any risks here with our careers. Let's just have a a clear don't eat the apple 
Right. Let's just make it clear. Can, yeah. you, you can't eat it. It's okay to eat the apple over there, but not over here. It's okay to take a little bite, but not eat, you know, the, 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 the whole apple. No, don't touch the apple. That may be the only way to protect guys from getting into this situation where they make bad assumptions, bad guesses, they're not properly informed, and the next thing you know, guys are suspended. I don't know that this matters for Isaiah Rogers. Yeah, right. Maybe Rogers is the moment where the NFL looks in the mirror and says, what do we need to do to change? The teams look in the mirror, and the players finally realize. All players need to realize. You're going to jeopardize your ability to play by screwing around with this stuff. Even worse than any of the other policies out there. This is the one where it's no questions asked. It's get the hell out of here. Six games or a full year or maybe your entire career, which I still think is what's going to happen with Isaiah Rogers. Yeah, it could. Definitely could. I mean, it's, I like what you're saying. I think you make it clear, cut, concise, whatever. It's best for the players, like you're saying. It's best for the integrity of the game and the shield and everything there. That's what's important. I, I I think you know you know again who knows what happens here yeah he bets you know my mind goes okay yeah he set up a fake account he bets on a few basketball games and oh wait I'm a I'm eight hundred dollars a thousand dollars in the hole well that's a fake account oh I mean hey I we I we we watched this team last week we studied and prepared this team in the NFL mm, I can make that eight hundred dollars back I know that team I'm going to bet on that NFL game first off. You know, uh, that's where I think it can lean into the wormhole of compromising yourself and then gambling on your particular sport. You get in the hole about another sport and you go, well, I got some knowledge of this one. I'm not under my name. Let me just try to sneak back some of my money here. The other thing is it's so big in our society, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, come on. Who do you know or not know? This doesn't bet. I mean, I know people now who don't even know. They don't even know sports, but they just like to get on the let me get on here and bet. And just give the billionaire, the billion-dollar gambling company more money, even though I don't know jack diddly crap about this subject, but I just want a little action. I mean, it's everywhere. I don't know. Like, it's like eight out of ten men I know. That's all they do. They gamble on everything, anything, whatever, all the time. So that's one issue. And I'm with you, Mike. Clear cut, boom, knock it out. Now, let me ask you one other thing. This is kind of lawyery, right? Because this kind of popped up to my head, too. When, and especially... It popped up to my head yesterday, but then when you brought up about the NFL and the NFLPA coming to some clear guideline, like, is there any legality that some gambling site, uh, casino, whatever, is just allowed to look at people's phones and tell you who's betting and then you just go, hey, oh, hey, hey, company that employs them. Hey, we've been looking at this guy's phone. We've been, you know, going into his secret life here, and now we're going to tell you. That, that's a part of that has come to, my, come to my brain a little bit there, too. Is there, there anything wrong or illegal about that? Well, I think the law requires them to do it because there are legal prohibitions there is. against okay. people who are involved in gotcha. the sport, being involved in wagering, or violating the internal policies of their leagues. So that's why they but got it. That's gotcha. one of the points we tried to make in the aftermath of the Lions players. There were four Lions players and a Commanders player who – back in April were suspended all in one fell swoop. And the point is the sports books are going to rat you out. They will rat you out. They have to rat you out. And that was the gist of the email that the union sent to all agents in the aftermath of this. And it's kind of funny, you know, the union's trying to, they're trying to just kind of back away from this. This isn't our mess. They don't tell the players, Hey, these are the rules. 
and you need to follow them, they're telling the agents. Because I think they're trying to set up a world where it's not their fault, it's the agent's fault for not telling the players. It's the union's fault for not being more aggressive and insisting on some representation, some form of bargaining. It's a failure of the bargaining process that the league and the union did not get together and craft a policy that will be effective, practical, and that the union buys into and is motivated to properly educate the players about. That's that's the tragedy of this. I know. There's been a failure of education by the union, by the league, and by the teams. Otherwise, this stuff wouldn't be happening. Because, Chris, I I mean, it's it's very simple, right? You know the rules of the game that can get you a 15-yard penalty, that can get you ejected. You know where the 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 do not do this, stay away things are. And they drill it into their heads in practice, right? Don't take a swing at somebody after a play. That's going to get you kicked out of the game. That's going to get us a 15-yard penalty. That may change everything. How in the world are these teams not treating the gambling policy with the highest level of severity and gravity and fear? Is there a disconnect? Do the teams not realize that a lot of these young kids are gambling and have been gambling and you you need to use extreme measures to scare them straight? And maybe Isaiah Rogers becomes the cautionary tale. But I, I know the football team's got a lot of stuff to do. But, man, I mean, if I was employed in any capacity in any team and fans of every team out there should be glad I'm not, I would be banging the drum, sounding the alarm. We need to go player to player and sit them down and look them in the eye and say, dude, don't do this. Your career will end if you do this. Do you understand that? Yeah, you go. You can still go ahead and do it. But I want you to understand as you walk out of this room, if you do it, number one, you're going to get caught. Number two, when you do, you are done. That's where I that's how hard is that to go player to player and explain it to him that that, way. And listen, you know me, I'm pro player almost always. But that's one where I get a hard time wrapping my head around that. That's where I, I don't get it. I don't get it from this standpoint, Mike. You know, I know it's gone up even more from when I played. But when I played, first off, I can remember being a young kid. There was a sign outside the Giants locker room that said something about gambling. Okay, that was my first in, like, instance of knowing about it. But forget about me being a young kid. What about the first thing you do when you get in the NFL? The rookie symposium, they show you. Before the rookie symposium, they show you. They don't you, have one anymore. They well, don't do it anymore. Well, it costs too much. Well, costs okay. too much. Don't so, do it anymore. So they still don't have their rookie meetings with their, their, their uh, player development people and all that to where – you have meetings there, not only as rookies, but as a whole team too. That's gonna you're gonna watch a video, and it can't be more in your face about no gambling on. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a 20 minute video where they say no gambling 800 times in it. There's signs in the locker rooms everywhere. That's where I don't get what players are doing. It seems like players are just going, eh. I think I can skirt the system. I, that's what it feels like. Or that it's such a big part of our society that guys are more addicted to it than even I realized. I don't know. But that's where I don't understand it, Mike. You know, you do have player reps who have meetings with the with all the team and they explain these things, let alone the NFL and NFLPA have a video out there. So I know it's maybe not enough to your point, obviously not enough, but it's still a little bit like where you'd be like Wait, come on now. You'd want to you'd want to you want to call BS on some of these guys and go, "What? Come on. 
You you saw these videos. You knew that you weren't allowed to do this. Come on now. And, you know, the, the statement that Isaiah Rogers put out, oh, it's a mistake, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, okay, yeah, it's a mistake, but you, you knew what you were doing. You, you, you went to great lengths to, to figure out how to do it. And I just can't, I don't know what the hell some of these players are thinking right now. I'm a little shocked by it. This statement from Isaiah Rogers Sr., by the way, basically admits to everything. Yeah. It, it's going to be hard for him to walk this one back uh-huh. and say, well, no, 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 no. I didn't bet on Colts game. Addressing the current reports, I want to take full responsibility for my actions. I know I have made mistakes, and I am willing to do whatever it takes to repair the situation. The last thing I ever wanted to do was to be a distraction to the Colts organization, my coaches, and my teammates. I've let people down that I care about. I made an error in judgment, and I am going to work hard to make sure that those mistakes are rectified through this process. It's an honor to play in the NFL, and I have never taken that lightly. I am very sorry for all of this. Dude, you're done. You're just done. You're done for at least a year, if not for good. Yeah. And he's, he's basically admitting to it, and it's a shame. And it's not a mistake. It's not an error in judgment. It's a lifestyle that he committed to. I said the same thing when Mike Vick was busted for six years of dogfighting. I made a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. You were living a life that was premised on having dogs fight each other and killing the dogs that you deemed were unfit to go in and fight. That's not a mistake. That's a path that you embarked on and stayed on. Isaiah Rogers selected a path. He embarked on it and he stayed on it. And when you get popped, oh, it's a mistake. It's not a mistake. And it's not something you're going to be able to walk away from easily. It's a minimum of a year. And he's got to do some heavy lifting in the course of the next year to get reinstated. That's how they do it. Out for a year, and then you've got to comply with reinstatement. But for something like this, and when the commissioner has full power to do whatever he wants, Uh unchecked by the union, given this, once you – I, I would suspect that they've already run these scenarios at 345 Park Avenue. We find a guy who's betting on his team, betting, betting on games involving his team. He's done and he can never play again. Period. Over. Finito. Kaput. I, 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 I don't doubt it. I, I don't doubt that that's what we see there. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. It is. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, 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 can't, I really can't believe that a player would make this mistake you know, on the heels of Calvin Ridley. Uh, it, it is. And, and then the guy that, hey, his, this guy's a good player. Just to hit on the football aspect of this a little bit. I mean, hey, we showed that Dalvin Cook play before there. You know, show that again if we got that, guys. I mean, the, the dude's got, you know, he's, he's classifies as three rockets up his ass type of football player. I mean, he's a phenomenal. He's one of the better returners in all of football. So they're going to miss this player. And that's what's a shame, too. It's a guy that because of all the things you're talking about, Mike, and the mistakes that he's made, and like you're right, it's not a mistake. It's a it's a way of life that way of life that was wrong that he justified somehow in his brain for a period of time, and now that's going to cost him, you know, a lot more money than he was going to make gambling the damn gambling on damn basketball games, football games, and whatever else. And that's where I feel for the player. But it's hard to have an excuse. Look at him at the bottom of the screen here. I mean, this guy. I mean, he can go. There's some things about him that are special. He, he'd take on just about anybody in football in a race. And he ain't going to get to show that speed for a while now. Well, the fact that, if this is true, the account was set up in someone else's name, that shows awareness that he was doing something he shouldn't have done. It's not a mistake. It's a mistake if nobody told me about the policy or I just wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about something else. I didn't fully understand it. I didn't know I couldn't bet in the facility. I, I don't understand why I can bet out 
on the street corner, but I can't bet the moment I walk through the door. I don't understand that. They didn't explain that to me. He can't say any of that. If he set up an account in somebody else's name, or if somebody else set up an account and basically gave him the keys to it, he he, he is trying to skirt the rules. So that part of it is, I think, yeah, undeniable. Damning. Yeah. Right. But you still got guys who, I mean, there's another Lions player who's under investigation. That was reported by The Athletic, I think, within the past couple of weeks, or maybe the uh, Defector.com. One of those two places reported that that there is this investigation that's happening. Uh, and and I suspect there will be more. There, there was an item from Kalen Kaler of The Athletic yesterday just about how pervasive it really is. And then this all hits in in the afternoon, but there, there's plenty of guys out there who are betting and they just haven't been caught. It's, and it's that, astounding. I, I don't mean by that, well, the players, I just mean by the general public. That's what I mean. And it's hard to think that, Hey, you know, the players don't get, you know, influenced by the general public and their friends when they go home that, yeah, it's like, I, that's what I mean. I, there's a whole lot of, there's not very many people in my age, age group who are sports fans where I feel like they don't bet on something, you know, a few times a week, Mike. I uh, I don't, and I won't, thanks to uh, the dude that uh, sat outside the grand jury room back in 1958. He told me at a very young age, you can't win. The bottom line, <laughs> you think you can win, and, and I'm sorry, uh, this message is brought to you by BetMGM. You think you can win, you're not going to win. Over the long haul, they're going to win. You'll get a little bit here and a little bit there, and every time I hear about somebody winning, Oh, hey, oh, somebody won $100,000 gambling. All right, tell me about all of his losses now. Yeah, right. T- t- <laughs> yeah, you're going you're gonna to have that, that day. It's like golfing. You're going to have that shot that brings you back, but then there's all the other shots that you don't want to talk about. You're going to have that win that keeps you going, but over time, they're going to rob you blind. You're going to lose. It's not going to work out to your benefit, period. So uh, that's why the – you know, it's so it's so transparent. The sports books revel in their losses. They love everybody to know about it. Why? Because they want to. Because they know we get more people to bet more money over time. We win. Yeah. So oh, look, oh, we took a oh, we took a horrible bath this weekend. What a shame. Woe is us. Come bet some more. Please come bet some more. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, we got destroyed in that game. Please come bet some more. So over the long haul, you can't win. Now, if you break even and you count it as entertainment expenses. Or even if you lose a little bit and you count it as, hey, this is fun. I kind of enjoy it. It's, I, you know, it gives the endorphins or whatever. The, the dopamine, get, you know, it gets me excited when I win. I don't mind when I lose. It gets me excited when I win. Then fine, you know that going in. But for the most part, you're not going to win. Um, let me say this. Because this is funny. This came up two weeks ago in the aftermath of something about gambling. Right after I'd been called a conspiracy theorist, too, by, by Howie Roseman. I was on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, and they were busting my chops about what Howie said about being a conspiracy theorist, and we were laughing about that and having fun. So then one of the hosts says, do you think like if a big-name quarterback was involved with gambling and they had the evidence, they would just look the other way? And I said, and I'm the conspiracy theorist, and that's what you're going to throw out there? But you know what, Chris? Plenty of people think that, and I'm not going to name names. I'm just going to say... Big time franchise quarterback because we know that the NFL worships at the altar of the franchise quarterback. They know the franchise quarterback is what makes the the NFL world go round. 
They just explained a few weeks ago how they needed to see where's Aaron Rodgers going to be. Where's this guy going to be before they lock in the primetime schedule? They want great quarterbacks to be able to play. What happens? What happens? You can insert your own names. What happens if that quarterback ends up coming back with the information from FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, whoever? Hey, what, we think this guy has been betting. What, what's the NFL going to do? I, they're going to the suspend gonna him. They're going to suspend him. There's nothing well, bigger than the, the NFL. We watched football the year after Peyton Manning retired. We're going to watch it this year without Tom Brady. We're going to watch it. If they'll bring Tom we'll Brady see. down for deflate gate and make that ruckus about that for almost two years, then they're going to get a damn quarterback that gamble. Well, timeout, timeout, timeout. The whole, I mean, I, I don't, I don't wanna, want to I, go we there. Go, I'm just saying they weren't we afraid to attack. Down. So, yeah. Sometimes there's other agendas that cause them to do it. With Bounty Gate, they went after the Saints because they had a broader cultural problem with this kind of extracurricular stuff they were concerned about at the time when they were getting sued into oblivion sure. by former players. They needed to show that they give a crap about player health and safety, and the Saints became the, the team they went after, and they ignored every other instance of it. I remember asking questions. What about this? What about this? They're saying Greg Williams did it here. Nothing. Oh, no, yeah, we're not no, they just wanted to make their point. That was it. Right. Plugged it with cement and moved on. Right. They wanted to make their point and move on. Right. So, yes, if there is a point, where they're like, man, no matter what we do, we, we, we can't get anybody to understand this. Yeah, it, it's fortuitous if a big-name player ends up getting ensnared in this. Now we can finally send the message to everyone. We're going to be without this great player for a year, but it's going to send a message to everyone about what they can't do. There is a point where it's fortuitous. The other problem is this, though, Chris. If you've got state agencies – that have to take action. If you've got undeniable digital footprints coming That's, from there's too many sports people. books, right? How can you this, keep everybody this isn't quiet? Like, you know, exercising right. discretion and looking the other way. This is as bright line as it gets. Yeah. And if somebody did it, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of people involved in the conspiracy you're trying to cover up. Exactly. And then it's just a matter of time before somebody reports. Exactly. The NFL looked the other way. Right. On some big time quarterback. Right. Being involved in gambling. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I look. So, I, I think that. They have to go wherever the evidence leads them. Yeah. And if they keep getting clear proof of guys doing things they shouldn't do with Big Brother, then it's going to be Big Shield to the rescue, and that player's out for six games, a full year, or longer. And what we're trying to do here, and this gets back to the fundamental problem that football players, for the most part, don't follow football. They're just incredibly skilled athletes who are doing other things with their free time. They're not watching shows like this. We're sending the message they're not listening. Hopefully they will. And I'm going to flood our Twitter page, our website, with this message to get the message to the players. I mean, because if the teams in the league are failing to have that straight on look them in the eye, then I'm going to do the digital equivalent of it. Guys, you can't do this or you will be done. We assume you want to continue to play. We, we assume you want to continue to get compensated at a high level for it. If you do this, that's gone, possibly forever. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do. I don't know what the measures are going to be here. You know, maybe this is the one that you know opens up more eyes here. But hey, they 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 can't mess around with this. They can't. 
And, yeah, I don't care who it is, star player, quarterback, whatever. If they find out that this is going on, they got to end it immediately. If they want their game to continue and grow and have consumer confidence and they want their teams to appreciate from, you know, $1 billion to $4 billion in a five-year span, I mean, those, these are all the things that are, you know, going to affect that. And everybody, as we know, not you, the whole world is looking for conspiracies. Everybody. I mean, again, like I said, how many people last night were going on a rampage of I'm going to find Isaiah Rogers when he threw the game and bet on it and did something so glaring. Everybody's looking for that. And that's where the NFL has to be really tough on this subject. And I wasn't. And I'm a top five conspiracy top theorist. Top five. Top maybe five. I've, maybe, maybe <laughs> I've fallen. Maybe I've fallen down. The you're out of the, you're out of the rankings. Know. You are. Because I was the one pushing back. I was saying, Pete, you're wasting your time until we know that he was betting against the Colts. Right. It, don't go looking for plays where he, he whiffed on someone, absent evidence that he was betting against the Colts. Once yeah. we hear that, then go find it. But until we know that, it's pointless. But, you know, you said this earlier before we go to break about how guys can get into it one step at a time and they can get to a point where, yeah, you know, we match up well with this team. We, I know what the game plan is. I know right. what we're going to do. The flip side's very true as well. Man, we've had shit practices this week. That's right, Man, too. Right. The quarterback. Exactly. The quarterback. They say the, the quarterback's not on the injury report. Well, I, well, I know he's hurt. His shoulder's That's sore. That's not normal. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're done. We've That's, got no chance in yeah, this. Right. Game. I'm, I'm down, well, I, I'm down 4,000 from basketball games, right? But yeah. now let me make it up because I know this week we're not going to cover the spread. That's where I, I'm, I'm totally with you. And just make no gambling at all as you're a professional athlete. Just end it. Uh, so there's no situation where you feel like you got to catch up or, or make up for losses that you might have. Yesterday we did a draft of the unproven quarterbacks with the highest expectations. And along the way we realized it's not all that easy to decide which quarterbacks are proven or unproven. So we got a list of quarterbacks, and we're going to discuss are they proven or are they unproven. We'll do that when this Tuesday edition of PFG Live continues right after this. 